Okay, so in the last podcast, I really went through um, outside the attribute of God's mercy because we were left with a very powerful question. The question was that if God, if we learned previously that God is so precise in his judgment, so is there any room and, and he's exact in everything and not, no debt, so to speak, gets left unpaid. So where is this attribute of mercy that we hear so much about? Where is it? Is there any room for it in a, in, in a land that, or in a, in, a, in, a, in a system that only has justice? So the answer is, of course, we said justice, that, that mercy is very, very powerful. And of course, it plays a very, very important role in the world's survival. And at the same point, it does not contradict the justice. So I did it really outside. We discussed it. <clears throat> Basically, the three ways. Number one is when you do the sin, you don't get punished right away. God waits for you to do tshuva. Number two is when you do get punished, it's not a harsh punishment. It's, a le- it's not as harsh as it should be. It's a lesser punishment. And the third thing is you have the opportunity to do tshuva, which completely eradicates the whole thing and completely makes it undone like it never happened. And that, we said, is tremendously powerful and godlike because, number one, God doesn't have to do this for us. Number two is, can you imagine killing someone do you have, or saying something hurtful and having the opportunity to make it like it never existed? You can't. It's not once you once you've done something, you can't undo it. It's impossible. Only God can do that, and that's the that's the truth. When you do tshuva, it's like the avera, the sin never existed, and you don't have any punishment. So we did that really outside, and I want to do it inside, reading it inside, because I feel that doing it inside also um, may help us understand it better and may cover some things that I've missed on the outside explanation. So here we go. So let's start off with the question. The question that we asked was, if we heard, if God runs such a strict world of justice and he counts for every single deed and he's very precise with the judgment and nothing is left unturned, no debt is left unpaid, where on earth is this attribute of mercy? So the answer is, the attribute of mercy is exist, is existed, is, 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 uh, is needed for the world for to continue to exist. And without it, we would not be able to survive at all. But nevertheless, at the same time, this attribute of mercy does not contribute the attribute of justice. Why? This is because according to absolutely strict application of of justice, it would be fitting for the sinner to be punished immediately upon committing the sin without any delay at all. And also that the punishment itself be very severe, administered with furious anger, as is fitting for one who defies the word of the creator. And the third thing is that there be no remedy for the sin at all. For consider truthfully, how can a person repair what he has corrupted when the sin has already been committed? Why, if someone murdered his fellow, committed adultery, how can he remedy this matter? Can he remove the performed deed from existence? Like we said before, this concept of repentance is, is incredible, it's a tremendous kindness that God gives to us. So, we have to um, really appreciate it. But now we can understand. However, the attribute of mercy is what provides for the reverse of the three things we just mentioned. The first thing is, this means that a sinner is granted time to repent and he's not eradicated from the world as soon as he sins. And second, that the punishment itself will not be severe to the point of destruction. And finally, the possibility of repentance is afforded to sinners purely out of Hashem's kindness. 
which allows that the uprooting of the sinner's will for the sin shall be considered like an uprooting of the actual deed he committed. He's explaining now, he's going to go up a little bit now and explain the concept of repentance. And it's very important we understand what it means to repent and how repentance actually uproots and eradicates the judgment altogether. So what does this mean? This means that since the the, the tshuva, rec- the person who did the aver recognizes his sin and acknowledges it, and he contemplates its evil and repents, and he regrets with total revocation. So you need to, number one, think about what you did wrong. Think about why it's bad. Re- do tshuva, say, I'm not going to do it again, and have re- regret, total regret, exactly like the regret for having made a vow that you wish to remove. Can you imagine making a vow that you're committed to, now you want to undo it. So you have to think about those things. And now you desire that it never has been done before. And the very important thing is a person needs to feel some pain in his heart that was act that the act was already done. And, and if you see it in the future, you run away from it. So the, these concepts that the Ramchal is going to explains why, as I said last time, why the, the repentance eradicates them. Because when you do something wrong and defile God, it requires a punishment. A punishment is suffering. So it's not that God wants you to suffer. There's a much deeper concept to it um, about recognizing God and not recognizing God. And I don't think this is the forum for it. But the concept of being punished is because you've done something wrong and you need to suffer a little bit. So that's what happens when you take when you, when you, for example, God tells you, I don't know, you can't eat, can't eat, can't eat bacon. And now you decide to eat bacon. So you got an enjoyment of eating bacon. You got an enjoyment of it. So now you have to take back, you got an enjoyment that was forbidden. So you have to take back that enjoyment by suffering a little bit. That's the total opposite of pleasure. So you're, the, the judgment dictates that you need to suffer a little bit. So when you repent, Where's the suffering? The suffering is the guilty feeling you feel for doing something wrong. You ever done something wrong and you feel really bad about it? That's suffering. So that's satisfying the din, in a sense, of justice. And that's what he's saying here. So when you do repent, it's very, very important that, number one, you acknowledge what you did wrong. You apologize. You repent. You regret what you've done. And reconsider that if it was had the opportunity to do it again, you would never do it. And now you really, really wish that this thing gets removed from existence. Like it never happened. And that's how it will happen. And this is what the verse means. Your iniquity has gone away and your sin will be atoned. That the iniquity actually becomes removed from existence and is uprooted by virtue of the fact that you feel pain and that you regret retroactively what happened. Now, this kindness, that is not a representation of strict application of justice. No, it's not. But it's direct kindness. But at the same time, we said it doesn't contradict justice. Why? Because there's a rationale to justify this process. Since in a place the willingness with which he was content to sin and the enjoyment he derives from it, now comes the regret. He's saying because you, he's saying not only is it, it's justifiable to do this because you took, you, you, you went and reversed the enjoyment you had from the sin and you went and suffered a little bit. And also the delay of punishment is not also a way of disregarding this, is, is, not, is not disregarding the sin, rather it's a way of patience. God is patient for you to return. So he just closes here and says, he talks about how parents, such as a uh, 
and this and this same kindness is 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 how God runs the world. Such kindness, like son, can provide a merit for a father, um, or the, the part of a soul's equivalent to the entire soul. He has all these different things, all these different justice. But it's important to know that all these things do not contradict justice. But if someone wants to go through life and say, "Eh, I'm do something wrong," it's so small, God's not going to be bothered by it or something. Don't be mistaken. God will collect what is owed at the time. Eventually, he does collect, and we need to remember that. <clears throat> so now, what do we discuss? Now he's going to close. This is remember we're talking about how to acquire watchfulness, which we said has to do with uh, uh, doing a daily counting of our deeds and recognizing, making sure we're doing the right thing. So we talked about three levels of motivations, right? We had the the highest level, which is all the the, the righteous people, and then we had the lower lower level, which is the people that do it strictly for the reward and honor, and then the third level is the one we just discussed, which is us, the regular, you know, the, the regular people of the world, and they are motivated by how strict the judgment goes to how God has um, on us, and that you always collect what is owed. And that's why we should be inspired through Chula. And that concludes this chapter. And we can continue um, with the next chapter, which we'll talk about how what takes us away from all these things. Have a great day. We'll see you in the next podcast.